BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, and today I am joined by Sir Jordan. How are we doing, man? I am great. How are you? Dude, I'm good, man. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, this is going to be, um, you know, Jimmy's out for Christmas week, so I was like, you know, I kind of need to fill an extra episode here, and I thought this would be kind of a fun thing because um, you know, you've been around the podcast for a long time and some of the Patreon Zoom hangouts and, and stuff like that, and as well as just in kind of like the community with like, you know, as a, a, a podcast and some of those other things like that. But um, I thought this would be kind of fun because um, you are really into these, you do these soundscape things as well as, well, I guess you just, you, you do that uh, is, is kind of the thing. But you've also, I know you were working on a, like a Lord of the Rings one where you're taking like the audiobook and integrating 3D spatial audio and it's all really cool and you've shared some clips with me before and it's all super interesting so I thought I'd kind of bring you on you can talk about that because I know you were working on one for like Dunkin' Egg as well and you know with the yeah. show and everything coming out and um, I'll uh, add in some clips in the post-production uh, that will uh, pump in here so people can kind of hear it and check out some of your stuff but yeah man i thought this would be kind of like a fun christmasy episode uh to to fill in so people yeah. can kind of check out something new so yeah so how do i mean if you just want to kind of explain to people you know it's like what it is you do because i think it's pretty cool yeah it's uh it's it's pretty cool the the hardest part is really this initial explanation uh, right. and then once once people hear it and and kind of experience it then and it's uh, it's all good from there. But basically, what it is, and I'll start by saying, if you've ever heard um, any of the Star Wars audiobooks, um, it's very similar to those. So, but kind of going the extra step with that. So what we what I did is, I took the audiobook, the original or the official audiobook for the Lord of the Rings. That was my first project, and I wrote an original score, and I added sound effects, recorded sound effects, went out and recorded ambient nature sounds and things like that, and laid it all in underneath the audiobook so that it's timed exactly with the whole performance. And those audiobooks are performed by Andy Serkis, who we know is amazing. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's like a full movie, basically, with the audiobook. So, you know, every time he mentions Gandalf, Gandalf's theme will come in. Um, or Frodo and the other hobbits. All they all have their own original themes and things like that that I've written. Um, the sound effects, like I recorded sound effects for the Balrog and all the you know all the monsters, and there's arrows flying by and things like that. And uh, the coolest part about it is 
where we're at with the technology now is I mixed it in Dolby Atmos, which means it's 3D audio, and you don't need a special setup to experience that. You just need a set of headphones like we both have, and uh, it'll simulate the 3D in your headphones. So you'll hear the arrows whiz by, and you'll hear the horses behind you or whatever, uh, you know, the flames from the Balrog all around and things like that. And uh, so it's really an immersive experience. And it's cool because people have been, you know, they'll pair it up with the audiobook and get the full experience that way. But people also do it and they listen without the audiobook. And if you know, you know, if you know the Lord of the Rings as well as some of the Tolkien fans do, or for us, if you uh, did it for Duncan Egg or for Song of Ice and Fire, because of how I'm doing this and how specific I'm being, that's the key to all this is every moment is very specific. Um, without the audiobook, you can still tell where you're at. And uh, we'll hear that in the samples later on. You'll be able to, you know, hear Dunk uh, shoveling the grave. And uh, it's pretty hard to mistake where you're at with some of these scenes when you're just hearing these cues. And you'll hear, uh, you know, the the tourney and things like that. And uh, yeah, the, the, you can just sit there and uh, and listen to the ambience around you and, you know, feel like you're in Winterfell or feel like you're in Middle Earth or whatever the soundscape happens to be. So that's a little rundown of the, uh, yeah. of the project. The spring rains had softened the ground, so Dunk had no trouble digging the grave. He chose a spot on the western slope of a low hill, for the old man had always loved to watch the sunset. Another day done, he would sigh. And who knows what the morrow will bring us, eh, Dunk? Well, one morrow had brought rains that soaked them to the bones, and one after had brought wet, gusty winds, and the next a chill. By the fourth day, the old man was too weak to ride, and now he was gone. Only a few days passed, he had been singing as they rode, the old song about going to Gulltown to see a fair maid. But instead of Gulltown, he'd sung of Ashford, off to Ashford to see the fair maid. Hey ho, hey ho, Dunk thought miserably as he dug. When the hole was deep enough, he lifted the old man's body in his arms and carried him there. He had been a small man and slim, stripped of hauberk, helm, and sword belt. He seemed to weigh no more than a bag of leaves. Dunk was hugely tall for his age, a shambling, shaggy, big-boned boy of 16 or 17 years no one was quite certain which, who stood closer to seven feet than to six, and had only just begun to fill out his frame. The old man had often praised his strength. He had always been generous in his praise. It was all he had to give. He laid him out in the bottom of the grave and stood over him for a time. The smell of rain was in the air again, and he knew he ought to fill the hole before it broke. But it was hard to throw dirt down on that tired old face. There ought to be a septon here. I'd say some prayers over him, but he only has me. The old man had taught Dunk all he knew of swords and shields and lances, but had never been much good at teaching him words. I'd leave your sword, but they would rust in the ground, he said at last, apologetic. The gods will give you a new one, I guess. I wish you didn't die, sir. He paused, uncertain what else needed to be said. He didn't know any prayers, not all the way through. The old man had never been much for praying. You were a true knight, and you never beat me when I didn't deserve it, he finally managed, except that one time in Maidenpool. It was the inn boy who ate the widow woman's pie, not me. I told you. Don't matter now. The gods keep you, sir. He kicked dirt in the hole, then began to fill it methodically, never looking at the thing at the bottom. He had a long life, Dunk thought. He must have been closer to 60 than to 50. And how many men can say that? At least he had lived to see another spring. Yeah, it's pretty cool because I think the first time you shared it with me, we were in like a Patreon Zoom hangout. And I think it was Malazan you were working on at the time. Yeah, it I did was... a really quick test of that. Yeah, that you, was one yeah. of the first ones. Yeah, yeah, is you sent me that. And it was really cool um, just because, yeah, it's like I have listened to audio dramas mm -hmm. in the past and I like audiobooks. Um, but the audiobooks I really love are anytime you get an audiobook that's like a full cast to yeah. it. 
it really changes the perspective of it because now you're no longer just listening to one person do multiple voices, which works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely listened to audiobooks. Um, obviously, I listened to all the Song of Ice and Fire ones, which are pretty much read by there's pretty much well, there's there's probably about five or six narrators if you look at the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? It's Roy Detrees for the main series. Uh, Harry is it Henry Harry Lloyd? Lloyd yeah. Harry Lloyd, who plays Viserys Targaryen, uh, Daenerys's brother, <laughs> in the season one, he reads the Duncan Egg series, which is great. He is excellent at doing multiple characters. Oh, yeah. And then if you go back and you listen to like Fire and Blood or World of Ice and Fire, you have multiple voice actors mm-hmm. um, that will kind of play these different maesters explaining everything. <laughs> and then actually, Ian Glenn does narration for. Uh, the novellas princess oh, really cool. and the, the princess and the queen and the uh the other one um which is the one about damon black damon targaryen uh from fire and blood house of the dragon i forget what that one's called uh maybe it should be like the dragon prince i think i'm blanking on it Something right now like but that. i can't remember either yeah yeah regardless <laughs> it's essentially those things and they got adapted into fire and blood and all of that but he reads those and you can find them on youtube people have uploaded them as well and those are all great but i've also listened to some star wars books like one of my favorite one is um it's about it's a count dooku star wars book called dooku loss in which it's a full cast Mm-hmm. and i'm listening i've been listening to slowly dune there's a dune audiobook that is a full cast and anytime you get a full cast it's just such a game changer and such a different experience yeah. of absorbing this material and it's one of the things i love specifically uh, and i think we'll share some of your like duncan egg audio as well um the thing i love about duncan egg is that there's so many different ways to take in that information Right. And I think that that's so cool because some people are better at visual learning. Some people are better at audio learning. And so I, for a long time, really until like Audible became a thing, I struggle with reading books. I have a really, really hard time actually reading a book. Mm-hmm. I, you know, could be ADD or AD, you know, ADHD or whatever, but I just, mm-hmm. it's why I struggle with it. And I think like video games for me is such a great way for me to learn because it's an interactive thing and so once i started listening to audiobooks instead of reading i can now like power through books so it's just one of those things that there's like the graphic novels as well and um what i really like is yeah exactly you've got you've got them behind you exactly (laughs) exactly. not here yeah what i really like is you can do kindle if you have the audiobook and the Kindle version, there's for some things you can do like I think it's called like Whisper Sync or something like know, that, yeah. where you can you can listen to the audiobook while the Kindle is going. And so, like with your thing on top, that'd be and like then the you perfect, get the whole deal. That'd yeah. be like the perfect <laughs> experience. Yeah, and you know what's awesome about it too is that uh with this project it's been really exciting because it started as a kickstarter i did a a kickstarter for the lord of the rings which was funded obviously and and i got to spend the year making that and um what's been really interesting though is watching how people kind of consume it differently so like i said people pair with the audiobooks and some people listen alone some people will sit there with their book or their kindle and have the sounds on in in their headphones as they're reading along. And, uh, you know, whenever I mention that concept, people will be like, oh, what if I read too slow? What if I read too fast? Um, And what I always like to say is that when you listen to Roy Dutrice or when you listen to Andy Serkis read these audiobooks, a lot of the time they're performing them. They're not just reading like you would inside your head. So they're almost always slower than you which means all you have to do is like you might get a you might get a little bit ahead if you're reading um so all you have to do is wait listen for a sound effect and as soon as you hear it then you're good to move on kind of thing so you'll never you'll never far fall behind is what i mean um if that makes sense it's a little bit confusing to explain but because the cues are so specific like i said it's pretty easy to figure out where you're at and where you need to be. So if you get a little bit too far ahead, then you read that there's a, you know, a dire wolf sound effect, then you can jump right back in when, when right. that happens. Right. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. They certainly have a pace at which they read and like a cadence and, mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. So do you find that most that people really, cause for me, it's like, I, I would struggle with that, with the, be like, all right, I'm going to set the sound up and try to go. Yeah. You'd be wanting to like make sure it's perfect the whole time. That's, that's the thing that some people right. struggle with, but really for me, like, because the soundscape, like you can find on my website and how it's kind of presented is as a podcast feed, a private podcast feed. So just like if people are on your Patreon or something like that, they get a private RSS and then they can listen to it um, right. on their podcast app. So what I do for myself when I listen to it is I'll just throw on, you know, a chapter from Fellowship of the Ring and I'll just listen to it and I'll hear like the wagon wheels coming up the hill. I'll be like, oh yeah, here's Gandalf. He's coming into to the, to the Shire or whatever. Or here's the fireworks going off and things like that. And it's just kind of fun to hear it. And it's almost like a little easter egg hunt the whole time you know right you're like oh there's that there's that there's that and you can hear it with dunk as well like he kind of runs through the through the grass at one point and then the music kind of stops and that's where he sees a egg cooking the fish right, <laughs> you know right, little right. things like that um so it's really fun to just listen and be like okay i can tell where we are where we're at in the story um yeah so do again, you time is it you you time it up like with the audiobook exactly with it yeah yeah so how how i mean what's the creative process behind that? I mean, how <laughs> it's I mean, how, uh, I mean i mean first of all what what i mean you do is like sound engineering and gen like that's what you do like yeah. normally so then what kind of got you into being like you know i want to create like a score for this like entire you know this entire thing because i mean that's like a pretty daunting process <laughs> well that's a really good question, and uh, I'll try to be brief, but not too brief, because I think it's cool, and that's why I, I do it. Um, so I, I remember listening to, um, it might have been Star Wars audiobooks that kicked it off. It might have also been Victor Wooten, a bassist that I follow. Um, he did you know, a couple, an audiobook with some sound effects, and most of it really stemmed from listening to... Uh, watching a movie, let's say, like Lord of the Rings, and then seeing the books and being like, why didn't they just do the full thing? Like, it's so much longer than that, right. you know? And I always wanted, like, an extended version of the extended version of these stories, right? Which is the books, obviously. Um, and so I started thinking, like, why don't people... Because people do dramatized versions, Right that are often abridged, which I think is the worst. So you're missing huge chunks of the story. And I'm like, why would you not just do it with the whole thing, like with the whole story? Um, so I was always interested in scoring movies, you know. Um, but this removes the visual elements so things don't have to line up that way. So I was like, what if, what if we just did every moment, every moment from the whole thing? Instead of, you know, being like, oh, we got to take this part out for pacing or we got to take this part out, blah, 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 for whatever reason. If it's a movie or a drama, you know, presentation, I was like, let's just do the whole thing from start to finish. <laughs> and so then I go through this kind of crazy process of researching. That's the main thing. You know, Dunk starts walking at this point in the audiobook and he stops walking here. Okay, so that's one thing. Does he have his horses with him? That's potentially three other things. Um, what's the weather like? Uh, where are they? Are they in, you know, the the open fields there? Are they in the market town? How is the ambience different? Um, and in Lord of the Rings, you know, are they in the Shire? Are they in Mordor? How is that different? And I'm mapping all of these sound effects. What would it be? You know, and I'm I'm talking to people about um, and hopefully when I get to A Song of Ice and Fire, I'll be asking you these kind of questions of, you know, how windy would it be uh, as we're going up to uh, to the veil? Right. Like how windy is it up there? Because my whole thing is I'm trying to make it as accurate as possible. Right. When you're Tyrion um, at the Battle of the Blackwater, how much do you hear? Uh, what do you hear? in the distance, you know? And uh, so I'm mapping all these things out 
and then I'll enter them in with my sound effects libraries, or I will record them myself and put them in. A lot of the movement has to be done that way, you know. Um, and yeah, that's the sound effects and the ambience layers. I have a 3D microphone that I go out and record uh, nature ambience right. with, which is super cool. Um, and then, yeah, I start writing themes for the characters, for the places, and then I start doing the same thing, but mapping it out uh, with music instead. Uh, so it's a pretty lengthy process, you know, like if you think about chapter one of The Lord of the Rings is an hour and 10 minutes, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie on its own. Uh, so that times 63 chapters um, is about, you know, 60-ish hours of of The Lord of the Rings alone. So it's a lot, um, but it's it's all about doing it step by step and kind of crossing things off the list, you know. Um and I just want to talk about this because I think that you'll be excited about this. Um, and I know the listeners will be too. When I start working on, I've done Lord of the Rings and I'm working on The Hobbit right now. And I did the first of the three Duncan Egg stories. Um, I am going to start kind of subtly working on The Song of Ice and Fire in the background. But go with me down this little thought process journey here. If we're in POVs now, which is not how Lord of the Rings is, right? We're in tight POVs. So when we're in a Sansa chapter, uh, what kind of music does Sansa hear? Because um, we're in her head, right? So if you think about it, you know, early Game of Thrones, Sansa is probably very kind of romantic style themes, you know, very, mm -hmm. very fairy tale almost. And, uh, you know, when she sees Joffrey, it's probably this beautiful theme, you know, idyllic kind of theme. But when we hear that same theme in Arya's chapter, is it going to sound the same? Probably not, right? Because her interpretation is different. Um, and you think about the sound effects in a John chapter versus, um, well, even versus a Sansa chapter, right? John is going to be way more aware, which means those sounds are going to be louder in his chapters versus hers. And so you can really play with the perspective in this kind of thing. And, you know, what does Tyrion hear? Um, does Arya hear things that are even accurate when she's going right. around King's Landing, right? So because George has done this awesome thing with the POVs, you can really mess with it in sound and be like, you know, how do I want to uh, accentuate that experience in audio, right? Um what do the different characters hear? Like, does if if there was a Stannis chapter, you know, would he even hear any music? <laughs> right, 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 yeah. So there's a lot to play around with with that, and I'm super excited to to dive into that process for sure. Yeah, no, that's super cool, and that's definitely something to to think about. And again, it all comes back to that, like a different way to experience. Um, well, I mean, A Song of Ice and Fire, but, uh, you know, you've done it with Lord of the Rings and stuff like this. So how far how far into the Lord of the Rings are you? Have you did you do the whole the whole the fellow like the fellowship or the whole or the, the whole, whole deal? Trilogy? The whole deal is done. Yep. So, OK, so where do people where do, if you want to go find it, where do they find it on your. So on my website, jordanrenals.com, um, you can find the whole thing there. There's a Christmas sale, actually. Um, and Duncan Egg is up there, too. Um, there's a full test chapter on my YouTube. So if you want to check that out, there's tests, um, really, really short tests so that I don't get, I don't get in trouble. Um, right. with a, a little tiny bit of Andy circus or Harry Lloyd on my YouTube. So you can hear it in context a little tiny bit there. Um, but people might, you know, if people are listening to this, they might be like, Oh, well, I don't know how to use sound technology. I don't know how to put the two things together. Don't worry about that part. That part is, I've made it super, super easy. Um, so anyone can get the files and, and put the two together if you want to do that. So, um, yeah, that's where it's at. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I gotcha. Cause that's, that's going to be my next question. I was like, if somebody wanted to experience what it is you've done, um, yeah, they would need the audio book and then they would need the, the sound right are they hit and play at the same time or are they are they yeah yeah good like question yeah. so yeah because obviously you can't you can't sell the audiobook or like yeah the, I an can't sell them with the, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah 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 so it's cool because again you can experience it just as the soundscape itself for sure but if you want to do the whole deal 
then basically what I've been doing is if you can show me an email, you know, a proof picture that you've bought the audiobooks, then I can give you the files in a format that will be able to easily be put together with the two sets. Right. So yeah. I, I have versions of my soundscape that are called sync copies, and they have a little bit of a gap at the start so that they perfectly line up with these audiobook files that I have. And you literally just put those two things in a piece of software and hit export, and you've got a new MP3 that's got the two of them together. Right, right. Okay, yeah. You can also, you know, with the test on, on YouTube, if you want, if you have the Fellowship audiobook, you can just push play and push play on mine, and they'll line up, and uh, you'll get a good test of it that way. So it's yeah. pretty easy. I've, I've tried to make it as simple as possible uh, without crossing the line, you know. Right. Yeah, that's always kind of the fair use, you know, s s scenario. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when you, because I remember when I first saw your Kickstarter, and I was like, I was, I mean, like, <laughs> I was like, how is he? Because you, because you had just sent me like the thing, and I was like is he going to get like sued for doing this? You know, like <laughs> yeah. how, how is this legal? You know, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now I, now that you've explained it to me, I, I got it. And it, okay. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. No, that's cool. Yeah. Basically what you've created is a companion piece, exactly. um, which is, which is super cool. I mean, just from all the samples I've listened to and everything, I think it is a, it is such an interesting way. Cause I'm a big proponent of audiobooks in general, um, especially good ones. I, I mean, just for myself being able to, I, just do so much better listening um Same, that yeah. way but some of the some of the audiobooks too when you find like like especially like i think the game of thrones audiobooks like they're good um but, but when you've heard you know and and i'll use this and, and people some people might not agree with me on this one but this is just my personal opinion and everyone has their audiobook preferences but when you listen to the i'll say the uh consistency of quality of the wheel of time audiobooks from beginning to end it makes you look at a song of ice and fire and be like man it could be so much better it could and not no, it could, bad, yeah but it could right. be so much better is the thing yeah and uh no and i'd be totally circus for sure yeah i'd be totally fine if they redid the game of because once the game of thrones ones because once you listen to like i to me there's an enormous difference between listening to the game of thrones audiobooks and listening to duncan egg like it's not even close like duncan egg is so much is just it's just so much better um as in in terms of like audiobook quality because i mean it'd be one thing if it was if roy detrice were consistent in yeah. the, his entire delivery but the narration of characters changes and it's just such a you know we get some jeffries instead of joffrey's joffrey yeah i mean the <laughs> yeah it and the, the accents change and 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 yeah. things like that and it's still it's still good but i wouldn't be surprised too if at some point like you know in theory if george ever finishes it because obviously roy detrice is no longer with us so whoever reads the next one is going to be somebody different um and it but, is becoming it is becoming a i don't want to say a trend but it's a thing that Lord of the Rings kind of started with Andy Circus redoing the audiobooks and now the uh, the Wheel of Time Wheel, audiobooks Wheel of Time. are being redone. And so they got Harry Lloyd there. Yep, exactly. And Put yeah, because in. now Rosamund Pike is re redoing uh Wheel of Time. And you know, that's and, and that's also an interesting thing too, because Wheel of Time was done with two narrators. You had a male and a female mm -hmm. who, and Wheel of Time, if you're you know, from people who aren't who haven't who haven't dove into it, like it's a very male and female driven yeah. thing. Uh, it like it's very like, well. <laughs> it's very specific, <laughs> like to have male and female chapters and yeah. everything, because that's like the whole story is based around that ascent is based around gender essentially. Mm -hmm. Um. And like males have certain powers and females, whatever, if you're unfamiliar with it. Um, whereas, you know, that would be something interesting, too, with like if they did ever redo, a, you know, a, a Song of Ice and Fire to have to have multiple narrators in the it thing, especially with, with POV an chapters. amazing way. Like if you had a POV, every POV was a different actor. It would be an amazing, amazing yeah. experience. Um so we'll see. But it is getting into that zone. Like if if Winds of Winter is announced, they have to address it in some way. And I wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, we got to do an audiobook for Winds of Winter, so it might be a good time to do all of them again. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too, especially because, um, I would imagine, you know, fire and blood part two is coming at some point here soon. And the, you know, they have a fire and blood narrator and everything. So, and they essentially um, have two fire and blood narrators because the, whatever that other, the, the, mm -hmm. the art book version of it, basically, I think it's called rise of the dragon or something like that. Yep. That's narrated by Harry Lloyd. So it seems like they want Ever to right use here, yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Beauty. <laughs> Um, it seems like they want to use him more often. So, well, he's so good he, as a, as a narrator, he's, he's fantastic. And it's one of the things like I preach on people to listen to, oh, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people I'll talk to you about game of Thrones when they talk to me about it, a lot of people have only seen game of Thrones there. They don't even know about a night of the seven kingdoms and, <laughs> yeah. and Duncan egg. And then you get to yeah. the people who have, and then some people have only read it. Um, and this is going to go back to what I love about what you're doing is, for a lot of people, you know, they people who like are book readers only because there's obviously tons of fantasy fandoms out there that exist that have not had a, you know, like TV adaptation. So yeah. the characters you see when you are the characters, you know, in your head, you know, that world exists in your head. And so I love what you've done and where you've created this. Um, you know, you created this soundscape to go along with it so that people can still have their own version, you know, where some people who don't even have like, who aren't, you know, don't want to be influenced by an, a narrator, they can still have this kind of world created, uh, you know, around it. So it was like when I first read Harry Potter, it was after like the fourth movie, you know, had, had yeah. come out. So I'm all of the characters I'm envisioning are <laughs> the ones, you, you know, you, the ones you see on screen and, and yeah. sort of the same thing, even in a song of ice and fire, it's like, when I read it, it's, I, I see the, I see the, the TV actors. I don't, I never really think so much of the, like the book versions of them or, or yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 And it's cool. Uh, there, if you, if you, if you do get one of these soundscapes from my website, it's cool because you get access to different versions of it. So what I mean by that is you'll have one that has score, ambience, and sound effects. And then you'll have others that are just ambience and sound effects. So no music if you'd prefer not to. Um, or just ambience, no sound effects. So just the nature sounds. Um, so you can kind of choose your experience. And there's been people that have been using the Lord of the Rings ones, you know, for D&D &D nights and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, it, it's great for put on the, uh, you know, a, a kind of dark, creepy chapter for your for your campaign or whatever like that. So it's pretty multi-use in, uh, in its delivery, I think. So that's kind of cool. But going back to your point with Duncan Egg, it's interesting because we haven't seen that on screen yet. We have a feel of what that world's like. But if you have read Duncan Egg, you know that it's not really the same mood. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's it's not super light but it's not nearly as dark um, right yeah so so how do you write the music for that is my question right and i have to try and tackle it so that it kind of sounds like what we're familiar with with you know the game of thrones show because music as we see with star wars uh can make or break the feel of of the world and you look at some of the new Star Wars shows, not to get on a huge tangent, but they don't feel like Star Wars if they're not using Star Wars music. Mm -hmm. And so when I was doing this Dunkin' Egg thing, I was like, okay, it's got a sound kind of like Game of Thrones, but a lot of that music is very like dark sounding. So I had to try and find some levity in it. Um, but uh, you can get a long way by choosing a lot of the same instruments and just how they are played. And the melodies they're played are different. Um, so it was a cool challenge to try and bring that to life without, because yeah. uh, writing, writing like a, you know, a theme for the North and Jon Snow would comparatively be pretty easy um, because the feel is all there in the show, you know, in like 10 different iterations. So I can just kind of listen to that music and come up with something that's pretty similar. But with Dunk, it's like, What's dunk like? You know, what is... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash 
cashback and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill. <laughs> writing the Targaryen music in that was a lot easier, but writing stuff specifically for Dunk is, is tricky. Um, because he's so a um, mood that we haven't seen in in A Song of Ice and Fire. So I took the most inspiration from like the scenes with Arya and Sirio. You know, that's probably some of the lightest scenes that we'll get in uh, Game of Thrones. So I took some music cues from that uh, as inspiration. We get some kind of hammered dulcimer and stuff like that that uh, is kind of light. But again, it's it's hard. It's hard to find that balance. So, yeah. And let me get, I just want to get uh, this, pull, your, your website pulled up here just so mm -hmm. I can, uh, yeah, let me get this, this pulled up here. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So what all, what all do you have done? You've done Lord of the Rings and Dunkin' Egg, and then that's what you're. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings is completely done. That's all three books. Um, and Dunkin' Egg is the hedge knight so far. And uh, I should, I can probably just say like the the hedge knight is just ten bucks. So if you want to check it out and dive in, it's pretty cheap to to try that out and see what it's like. I'm obviously going to release the other two eventually when I get those done. Um, but I just finished another Kickstarter, and that Kickstarter is for the Hobbit and the Silmarillion. So I'm going to be working on those. But because of how that Kickstarter went, I'm also going to have time to, like I said before kind of slowly work on stuff in the background. So um, I've already started doing some layouts for Game of Thrones. And that process that we talked about earlier um, in building this, I've kind of ironed it out in a way that I can really um, move quickly through it. The music is the thing that takes the most time creatively, but a lot of the other stuff is planning and organizing and laying it all out and getting all the information, right? You know in this chapter they're inside from this minute to this minute and then they're outside and it's snowing etc cetera, etc cetera. getting all that is just listening to the audiobook and putting in markers and things like that and then collecting the sounds so uh, as soon as january hits i'm going to be working on a game of thrones uh for sure and i'm also about halfway through planning for the first harry potter book um and what else? Oh, I've started planning on the first Wheel of Time as well, just because <laughs> I, I love the Wheel of Time. And uh, I need to start now if I'm ever going to ever get close to finish. <laughs> ever. That, so <laughs> so how, how, how long how long does it take you to, to do one of these? To do like to do a book like how I mean, obviously page length and everything. But, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, so let's say like so how long did it take you to do Lord of the Rings, which is see, the first yeah. Lord of the Rings book? OK, well, it took me. A year and a half to do all three now that was figuring out how to do this um, right while i was doing it so it's not as accurate but what i can say is let's say we have an hour-long chapter okay so it takes me one listen through to at least we'll say at least one listen through to uh, plot the sound effects and that's just what they are and then uh, I can usually do the sound effects and the ambience in one go. So that's one hour. Then I got to put them in there, which is usually two or three passes. So we're up to four hours for one chapter. Um, then I got to plan the music and write it and mix it. That's the whole other thing, right? Uh, so, you know, that one chapter that's about an hour could probably spend like, you know, I would say minimum maybe six or seven hours on it. Um, so it's pretty time consuming. Um, yeah. But I, you know, looking at Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is kind of a bit of a blessing because the chapters are very short. There's a lot of them, but they're, they're short chapters in that book. So that means all the planning can be done. You know, I could get like four or five done in a day kind of thing. Um, so if I can get all that planning done, like if I start January with Game of Thrones, I feel like I could have it, depending on how 
the music goes. Right. Um, because I can't rush the music, otherwise it just ends up being crappy. Right. Um, you know, I'm hoping that by March, March or April, maybe I'll have some good good headway on Game of Thrones. Um, but again, most of my time is going to be on the Hobbit and the Silmarillion because that's the Kickstarter that I did. But um, but I'm super eager to work on Game of Thrones, you know, so yeah, uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to not want to do that, too. But you could get a head start on it and then yeah. you could do a kick. You could do a Kickstarter for it once you finish. Yeah, I was thinking what could be really cool is to, you know, do books one and two or something like that and being like, OK, now let's do a Kickstarter. And if you back the Kickstarter, here's the first two done already. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to go work on the next three. Um, but yeah. here's here's two for now, you know, and Duncan Egg yeah. or whatever, you know. So, right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. that might be an interesting way. See, the tricky part, the tricky part about the Song of Ice and Fire books is especially is books four and five, because four and five are sort of one book. And if you've yeah. ever looked at, you should look up. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. It's called Boiled Leather. Um, is that the it, it, yeah, it's it's okay. it's basically what the fandom has put together where they've said, okay, if you actually read it in this order, like it'll go like a feast for crows chapters like five and six, and then a dance of dragons chapter three, and then yeah. you go back, and that would actually be the real way to sort of in your head like plan things out because there are a couple oh, chapters, yeah. there's a couple chapters that sort of cross over where especially it's like Sam and John have chapters. Um, and it's one of the only times you actually see this where you get the same kind of event told, like you get Sam's perspective right. and then you get John's kind of perspective. That's a like really good call. Time. Yeah. Cause if you, cause if I were to do it book by book, you would miss out on some of that. Yeah. And there's some danger in those two things, not sounding as similar as they should, you right. know, if, if it's like been, three months since i did that, that right That's yeah so that yeah so that one yeah that, that one's kind of the that would be kind of would be kind of interesting yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah so yeah anyway it's yeah what what you do man it's 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 super cool and maybe this would be a good time here to uh uh you know we'll in post plug in some some samples here sure. so people can kind of so people can kind of listen and 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 get a feel for it so while the lords and great knights dined on capons and suckling pigs, Dunk Supper would be a hard, stringy piece of salt beef. He knew full well that if he made his camp upon that gaudy field, he would need to suffer both silent scorn and open mockery. A few, perhaps, would treat him kindly, yet in a way that was almost worse. A hedge knight must hold tight to his pride. Without it, he was no more than a sellsword. I must earn my place in that company. If I fight well, some lord may take me into his household. I will ride a noble company then and eat fresh meat every night in a castle hall and raise my own pavilion at Tawny's. But first, I must do well. Reluctantly, he turned his back on the Tawny grounds and led his horses into the trees. On the outskirts of the great meadow, a good half mile from town and castle, he found a place where a bend in a brook had formed a deep pool. Reeds grew thick along its edge and a tall, leafy elm presided over all. The spring grass there was as green as any knight's banner and soft to the touch. It was a pretty spot, and no one had yet laid claim to it. This will be my pavilion, Dunk told himself, a pavilion roofed with leaves, greener even than the banners of the Tyrells and the Estamonts. His horses came first, and after they had been tended, he stripped and waded into the pool to wash away the dust of travel. A true knight is cleanly as well as godly, the old man always said, insisting that they wash themselves head to heels every time the moon turned, whether they smelled sour or not. Now that he was a knight, Dunk vowed he would do the same. He sat naked under the elm while he dried, enjoying the warmth of the spring air on his skin, as he watched a dragonfly move lazily amongst the reeds. Why would they name it a dragonfly, he wondered. Looks nothing like a dragon. Not that Dunk had ever seen a dragon. The old man had, though. Dunk had heard the story half a hundred times, how Sir Arlen had been just a little boy when his grandfather had taken him to King's Landing, and how they'd seen the last dragon there the year before it died. She'd been a green female, small and stunted, her wings withered. 
None of her eggs had ever hatched. Some say King Aegon poisoned her, the old man would tell. The third Aegon, that would be, not King Daron's father, but the one they named Dragonbane, or Aegon the Unlucky. He was afraid of dragons, for he'd seen his uncle's beast devour his own mother. The summers have been shorter since the last dragon died, and the winters longer and crueler. The air began to cool as the sun dipped below the tops of the trees. When Dunk felt goose flesh prickling his arms, he beat his tunic and breeches against the trunk of the elm to knock off the worst of the dirt and donned them once again. On the morrow, he could seek out the master of the games and enroll his name, but he had other matters he ought to look into tonight if he hoped to challenge. He did not need to study his reflection in the water to know that he did not look much a knight, so he slung Sir Arlen's shield across his back to display the sigil. Hobbling the horses, Dunk left them to crop the thick green grass beneath the elm as he set out on foot for the tawny grounds. Late in the day, a brazen fanfare announced the entry of a new challenger to the lists. He rode in on a great red charger, whose black bardings were slashed to reveal glimpses of yellow, crimson, and orange beneath. As he approached the viewing stand to make his salute, Dunk saw the face beneath the raised visor and recognized the prince he'd met in Lord Ashford's stables. Egg's legs tightened around his neck. Stop that, Dunk snapped, yanking them apart. Do you mean to choke me? Prince Arian Brightflame, a herald called. Of the Red Keep of King's Landing, son of Makar, Prince of Summerhall of House Targaryen, grandson to Daron the Good, the second of his name, King of the Andals, the Roynar and the First Men, and Lord of the Seven Kingdoms. Arian bore a three-headed dragon on his shield, but it was rendered in colors much more vivid than Velar's. One head was orange, one yellow, one red, and the flames they breathed had the sheen of gold leaf. His surcoat was a swirl of smoke and fire woven together, and his blackened helm was surmounted by a crest of red enamel flames. After a pause to dip his lance to Prince Baylor, a pause so brief that it was almost perfunctory, he galloped to the north end of the field, past Lord Leo's pavilion and the laughing storms, slowing only when he approached Prince Velar's tent. The young prince rose and stood stiffly beside his shield, and for a moment Dunk was certain that Arian meant to strike it. But then he laughed and trotted past and banged his point hard against the Humphrey Harding's diamonds. Come out, come out, little knight, he sang in a loud, clear voice. It's time you faced the dragon. Sir Humphrey inclined his head stiffly to his foe as his destrier was brought out and then ignored him while he mounted, fastened his helm and took up lance and shield. The spectators grew quiet as the two knights took their places. Dunk heard the clang of Prince Arian's dropping his visor. The horn blew. Sir Humphrey broke slowly, building speed, but his foe reached the red charger with both spurs coming hard. Egg's legs tightened again. Kill him! He shouted suddenly. Kill him! He's right there! Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Dunk was not certain which of the knights he was shouting to. Prince Arian's lance, gold-tipped and painted in stripes of red, orange and yellow, swung down across the barrier. Low. Too low, thought Dunk the moment he saw it. He'll miss the rider and strikes home for his horse. He needs to bring it up. Then, with dawning horror, he began to suspect that Arian intended no such thing. He cannot wait. At the last possible instant, Sir Humphrey's stallion reared away from the oncoming point, eyes rolling in terror, but too late. Arian's lance took the animal just above the armor that protected his breastbone and exploded out of the back of his neck in a gout of bright blood. Screaming, the horse crashed sideways, knocking the wooden barrier to pieces as he fell. Sir Humphrey tried to leap free, but a foot caught in a stirrup, and they heard his shriek as his leg was crushed between the splintered fence and falling horse. All of Ashford Meadow were shouting. Men ran onto the field to extricate Sir Humphrey, but the stallion, dying in agony, kicked at them as they approached. Arian, having raced blithely round the carnage to the end of the lists, wheeled his horse and came galloping back. He was shouting too, though Dunk could not make out the words over the almost human screams of the dying horse. Vaulting from the saddle, Arian drew his sword and advanced on his fallen foe. His own squires and one of Sir Humphrey's had to pull him back. Eggs squirmed on Dunk's shoulders. Let me down, the boy said. The poor horse, let me down. Dunk felt sick himself. What would such a fate befell Thunder? 
A man-at-arms with a poleaxe dispatched Sir Humphrey's stallion, ending the hideous screams. Dunk turned and forced his way through the press. When he came to open ground, he lifted Egg off his shoulders. The boy's hood had fallen back and his eyes were red. Terrible sight, aye, he told the lad. But a squire must needs be strong. You'll see worse mishaps at other tourneys, I fear. It was no mishap, Egg said, mouth trembling. Arian meant to do it. You saw... Dunk frowned. It had looked that way to him as well. But it was hard to accept that any knight could be so unchivalrous, least of all one who was blood of the dragon. I saw a knight, green as summer grass, lose control of his lance, he said stubbornly, and I'll hear no more of it. The jousting is done for the day, I think. Come, lad. If you use the code BTK25, you can get 25% off the Lord of the Rings soundscape over at jordanreynolds.com. So be sure to check that out if you liked what you heard in today's episode. And he has a bunch of other soundscape projects going on as well. Yeah, now that you people have had a little chance to sort of listen to it. Yeah, I I loved it because when the first time you sent me the, we were in that Zoom hangout and I got to listen to that uh, Malazan or Malazan. I don't know if Jimmy know. were if, if Jimmy were here, he'd tell us because you know I think it's I think it's supposed to be Malazan, but you know, that's yeah. another fantasy book series. It's like fifteen. It's it's two. It's I can't. That's 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 way too that's way too long. For I'm me. working my way slowly. <laughs> slowly, yeah. But you know what? I finished I finished Wheel of Time and I loved it and. All I want to do right now is reread it, which oh, sucks wow. because it's so long. Um, so I've, I'm trying to hold off on it. There's a new uh, there's a new Star Wars book that I got to get through first. So yeah, I tried I tried um, I tried Wheel of Time, man. I got so I get to like book five, and then I just yeah, what stalled. the payoff is so worth it. I know that's what everyone so says. Yeah, that's what everyone says. I, 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 so I'm sure at some point I will. And then the show just didn't do it for me either. I just did you watch season two? Yeah, and I just didn't. I just don't know what it was. I just, I just, I was so hyped for season one, and I actually really liked season one except for that final episode. But then season two came out, and it, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the timing of it or something. It just didn't seem to kind of like grasp my attention the way that season one did i think it's just uh you know there's some other shows that were coming out and some big video games like the, the new Ze yeah the new zelda was coming out and i was like okay well now i'm in this sort of yeah there we go i was in i'm in a little korok there and so i'm in like this i'm in that fantasy world and so it yeah just kinda... for me it was like the opposite because i i mean season one came out and i was like i don't even know what this is uh, i never heard of it really and so I watched it without any, you know, real anything. And I was like, that was kind of cool, you know. And then I started reading the books. And I actually finished all of the books before season two came out. So in that break between seasons, <laughs> I read all of the books or listened to them all. And so I was like right off the hype train of finishing the books. And... um there is definitely like in season two, I'll say there's some course correction, you know, because yeah. we got screwed yeah. over by COVID really hard, obviously in season one. So and he had an actor leave, which they yeah. had to re so kind of redo. We kind of fix all that and it's kind of looking good. But for me, knowing where everything ends and watching season two, I'm like, okay, we're good. We're, we're aiming for some stuff for sure. And yeah. I can see it clearly, you know, like where the trajectory is headed and uh, feels good to, to see that they, I think they're like, they're back on their feet now that they've finished season two and got things kind of where they need to. So I'm excited for season three. Um, and uh, we'll see about the other big series, uh, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, that's, I think that's another thing too. I think that's another thing that sort of ruined it for me was house. of The dragon was so good. And yeah. I did not like I did not like Rings of Power at all. Didn't I really didn't wanted like it. Yeah, it just fell <laughs> flat for me. And then with Henry Cavill leaving The Witcher, I was just like, I didn't even, I didn't even watch season three of The Witcher. I still 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 haven't watched it because I'm like, well, you know, what's the point? And so just sort of like all of the other fantasy genre things just are like sort of. And they just sort of fell wayside to me. Um, yeah, it's tricky because. You know, as much as I did like season two of Wheel of Time, it's still 
like House of the Dragon is not really comparable because it's just exactly yeah. better. It's just <laughs> yeah. Better. Like it's just it's a bigger, it's grander, it's yeah. And it and it's yeah. And it's just got that it's it just feels like Game of Thrones. And what do you what do you think of the uh the trailer for season two? I think we got some even bigger stuff coming. There was <laughs> yeah. uh I there was some uh some very quick shots that uh make me very worried, I will say, of uh some brutal stuff to come. But um I'm excited to see just how big we go with some of these things. Um and how much they can expand, you know, like the, cause we spent most of the time, you know, in season one in King's landing and inside, you know, or we would go to Dragonstone sometimes, but for the most part, you know, we're like in King's landing doing King's landing things. So I hope that, you know, when we go to the North, it's like, we get to see a nice kind of journey to the North almost kind of thing um, and say, Here's the world again. You know, it's big. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, yeah, the scale of those shots, too. I mean, they were all it was, it was something just interesting because you don't get it that much in Game of Thrones, like everything. And, you know, we need, I mean, there are certainly shots like that. But in game, when you think of Game of Thrones, I think the image that comes to my my mind immediately is sort of like tight little hallways and you know like tight li- like conversations and like oh let's step off the street into this alley you know and that <laughs> and house of the dragon certainly had that feel as well and the trailer for this the theme it was all like you said it's all outside and it was all i mean really if you go look at the trailer there's like not much inside that's, that's <laughs> i would taking, be super down taking if, place if, yeah. yeah i would love for it to be like and I know this is something that you guys have talked about. Like, we don't know how many seasons it'll be for sure yet, do we? Yeah, I mean, they've. I think George sort of said there would be seasons three and four, which is what we kind of said. We're saying like three to five is really all you could get out of this. More than and five. then push. No, it's no fives. Fives just fives. Well, I mean, unless you wanted to do. You know, unless you wanted House of the Dragon, which it could be, it could be like an anthology show like The Crown, yeah. right? Where it's like each season is like a new decade or or whatever. Because, um, I mean, you could, in theory, move right into essentially Egg on the Fourth and Blackfire Rebellion. But I kind of feel like that should be its own thing and its own show, especially because you'll have Duncan Egg going. And then, you know, we'll hear about. So it's going to be kind of interesting because you have House of the Dragon, which is you know, like a couple of generations before all of the stuff that happens in Dunkin' Egg, uh, mm-hmm. which is a couple of generations before Game of, you know, like a, like two generations before Game of Thrones. So you're going to get all this stuff in Dunkin' Egg and you're going to hear about the Blackfire Rebellions and this other huge war that the Targaryens had, which a lot of people won't know because they really never talked about it in the Game of Thrones TV show. Yeah. Um, and you really don't hear that much about the Blackfire Rebellions inside of actual, like the Song of Ice and Fire main series of books um you hear you get all of it in the duncan egg and expanded lore so i think then people are going to be like well what was this blackfire rebellion thing right and then that and then that show could be its own i mean it's it's you could really do your own thing uh, i think the smartest thing that you know hbo could do with this is like give Let's say House of the Dragon is four seasons. Have it be four seasons and be like, this show is over. Yeah. And here's our next show. And they are not, other than being in the same world and aware of each other's history, you know, they don't have, there has, doesn't have to be some through line between them. Right. And uh, I really, and I really hope that, you know, if we have Duncan Egg and then if we have a Blackfire show or whatever, they can just be, you know, parts of the history that we're getting here and there yeah. um, without it being like, okay, this leads to this show now, or this right. leads to this show now. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I, I think, yeah, I think if you do Blackfire Rebellion after Duncan Egg, then you could be like, well, this is the, this is in, this is the show in between House of the Dragon and, and, and Duncan Egg. Cause the, the problem that, you run into is the star Wars problem, um, which is, 
exactly exactly and that's the that's it's one of the things that's kind of turning like i have been in a big star wars like like just not interested at all like this i don't it's just i don't know what it was i really like i loved andor i didn't like kenobi mando was kind of fun but i just found myself not being as into it um and then um yeah like ahsoka came out and i don't know what it was i just couldn't i just wasn't that into it and i think what it was was I was, you know, I talked to my, I always talk to my mom about it because my mom watches it and she, you know, you wants to know stuff about it. And then I was trying to get, like to explain to her, I was like, I think you should watch this show called Rebels, um, which is an animated show, which, you know, so a lot of people just don't even want to watch animation. It's like, it's a cartoon. Like, we're not going to watch it. Immediately, they're just turned, which sucks. You know, I mean, it sucks, but that is like the modern thing. And yeah. I think that you, I think it would be hard to watch that show without seeing it and then like you you really miss so much of the lore and i just remember like trying to explain to people like my wife who's never going to watch rebels even though she watched like a, i was watching it so she watched some episodes and like my mom so when you're trying to explain to people like what it is and i think that's something that star wars doesn't do a good enough job in which is explaining things to in its own story in its own story exactly yeah. and so it's it feels like the more i watch it the more i'm like you have to know everything and the story is not it's not necessarily a confusing story but it's a confusing story to try to explain to people because you're jumping all over the timeline and trying to be like well this this matters here and this matters here and that's something they have to do and that's kind of the thing that kind of sucks yeah, um it's it's, it, it's interesting because like star wars is in this uniquely weird position of like we got to wrap up this Skywalker era and like cap it off so that we can move somewhere else and start and go in order, <laughs> you know, like, and if you think about it too, you know, we still have skeleton crew to come out. We still have, there's all know, these things, all this there's, stuff. Like, you're yeah, going to have to, they're making, <laughs> they're making posts. They're going to make Ray movies. They're going to make, even that would doing... be fine. Just, we need to close right. out where we're at. You right. Know? And, and but then like, you're and then you're doing the acolyte, which is like before. And so the timeline's too confusing. And that's one of the things I really hope Game of Thrones does not get into, yeah. which is why when George Martin said a while back, like I don't want to do too much. Um, I think that I think that was great. And so I think House of the Dragon and even Duncan Egg running at the same time is about as much as you should do. I do I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't do three shows. And even though I'm excited, most I would be, I, you know, it sounds like it's on ice, no pun intended, the snow show. Um, it's on the shelf, certainly. I'm kind of okay with that. I think that's a, that's a show we could do later and you could figure it out. You know, we could do a middle aged Jon Snow, right? I mean, you could do, there's a lot you could do with, with that thing because it can be really whatever it needs to be, right? And um, I think that that's like if, if HBO uh, handles it, the way we're talking about it could be their biggest strength is like our projects are like definite mm -hmm. in what they are and they stand on their own and they don't need to be tied in with each other, even though they are in the same universe. Right. Um, Cause yeah. Cause it's the, it's the Marvel thing too, where it's, it Marvel was fun. Even Marvel was fun all the way up into Avengers Endgame. Right. Because it was like, OK, you can watch these movies and there's little pieces at the end. It's like the end credit scene is really like, you know, and then there's like Easter eggs throughout. But once Avengers ended, the end game, end game ended, then they're like, all right, now we're going to do the multiverse. And there's all these different characters and there's all these different things and everything matters. And we're going to kill people off. And it's just for shock value. And it got to be too much. And it's like, well, now you feel like you have to watch everything, which is the problem. As yeah. soon as you get to the point where you feel like you have to watch everything, then it feels like a chore. And it should never be a chore to watch it. You should be excited you know, to watch it. You want it to be must-see television first before yeah. you want it to be like and something you, you know, you you have to do. Yeah, I've been I've I've been enjoying the uh the High Republic stuff for Star Wars because it's like the only thing that's its own thing. Yeah, it's like Yoda's there, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know, but otherwise it just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what happens to 
you know, this character All that is on screen that we're supposed to care about uh, because we watched 40 episodes of a different show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Um, yeah. Without so. the context of knowing who it is. That's the other thing is like a character walks in and you feel like they should be important. Um, then because you know, the really... show presents it as this person's important. Exactly. But and like... thankfully, yeah, thankfully we haven't really gotten to that yet in a, in a, you know, in a game of Thrones, I think there, there, you know, we will, there certainly, we certainly will get to that. And I think maybe, you know, this season, like there's already been, um, you know, there, there will be some things that are sort of you know, like the dagger, right? Oh, the, yeah, dagger, the dagger, that that's the, the big thing, the, yeah. the dagger. And that's the dagger that's brand, but it's like, but that's like one thing and it's small and it's like, yes, it matters, but it's also not, it's not the driving force of the. Of it's the not. It's not right. It's not the driving force of of the whole of the whole thing. And, and I mean, if that might. was the one, if that was the one through line through the whole deal, then I'd be down with that. Especially because we can see how, you know, the kind of same kind of point that's going on in a song of ice and fire would be happening in the shows where it's like, you know, we're all worried about the politics or whatever, and it's like because that's the meat of the show but that's not what actually matters. You know, winter is coming kind of deal. Right. And we're, nobody's thinking about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dagger, it's got the answer on it. And uh, where is it? Who knows? <laughs> if only, if only the show had ended with that, right. Uh, <laughs> it, it actually, it actually, end, it actually ended with, with that. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> with that plot piece. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, as we're closing out an hour here. Um, all right. Uh, anything else man where can people find you what's the best place to check your stuff out you know all all of that stuff yeah um my website jordanreynolds.com has all the details if you're interested um there's my youtube a long expected soundscape that has samples like i said you can hear uh some duncan egg samples there but you'll hear them in the episode too um yeah that's pretty much it those are my my kind of two places and you can join my Discord as well if you want to hear what other people think of the soundscape. And uh, I just did a huge holiday special for Lord of the Rings. We did a 10-hour stream <laughs> of uh, you know people doing presentations and talks on Tolkien and stuff with the soundscape in the background. So that was pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, if you you know have a have a chance to check out Duncan Egg, I think it's worth it. And uh, keep your ears open for Game of Thrones down the line. Yeah, it's coming just like winter, you know. Yeah, except it's actually going to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get uh, all five soundscapes done before, before winter? Before winter. <laughs> no. We keep we keep making the joke that Grand Theft Auto Six might might finally uh, make it before. Uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, man. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, this was a ton of fun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank we you. wanted to yeah share this project and stuff like that too. So, with that, guys, as always, we'll be next back next week. Jimmy will be back on the show, and remember that winter is coming. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.